the Chiefs and the Bucks Super Bowl that they were complaining the field was too soft and everyone was slipping and they had to like put on new shoes at halftime and like some people were changing shoes like every quarter. Yeah, I think I heard something about that and then also just like the players don't like to play on the artificial turf at all. They they, they like to play on actual They're like all grass. in consensus. No one they're, likes the artificial yeah, turf. Yeah. So I don't know, dude. That's a little bit skeptical. I think they should know the rating before they send uh See, I don't I don't get why like you have an entire season on a certain playing field and then Super Bowl they change it to something new. Yeah, it's well, what is the Super Bowl? Is the Super Bowl artificial or I don't know. Well, look up if Allegiant Stadium is. Artificial. I'm saying last year. Yeah, right. Like last year, they played the whole season on like normal grass, and then for the Super Bowl, they imported like this brand new type of grass. Uh, let's see. Um, this year it will be played on grass. Grass or turf? Thirty fourth Super Bowl. It's played actually on grass. natural grass. Okay, so I mean, the f- I feel like the players are gonna appreciate that a lot more because I feel like it. One, it burns when you like you turf play burn. football. Yep. Like I played football. I went to a camp in North Dakota midsummer time. It was like ninety degrees, and that that shit burned. <laughs> like I literally would have like it felt like you were your big sibling or whatever. Your dad dragged you across the floor when you're roughhousing at at home. And it would just be like that freaking hurt, dude. Rashes all like I like I played cornerback, and these receivers would go down. But like I had to drag them across the. If you got tackled in any open practice, that stuff just burns, and it's just red marks on your skin. So that's why the players wear the the sleeve tape on their elbows and stuff because they don't want that burn feeling, especially like running backs who are getting tackled like all time. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean I there's been a lot of gruesome injuries on on the fields. I saw the like, Viking. The Vikings are putting like a few million dollars into a better form of turf. But I mean, it's still turf. But I don't know. Minnesota, you can't really have a grass fields. You can't roll it outside like the Cardinals do to let it grow. Right. I think that's pretty fucking cool, though. Like, yeah. Like you, you, you roll it out to like let it get sunlight. They and practice stuff and on just it, grow too. it. Yeah. And just grow it. Like what? That's crazy. I don't Man. see why like every Southern team doesn't do that. Like Cowboys, any. Because just like I don't know, maybe they just have the money to do it. It's just too much. It's just too much outside work. Well, the, just, I think Jerry Jones isn't gonna care about that when he's phoning in his new uh, draft picks off his super yacht. <laughs> hey, Jake, it's nice to meet you. I'm Jerry Jones. You know who I am? No, <laughs> he's not gonna do that. Like Jerry Jones doesn't care. Jerry Jones is like, I, he like Jerry Jones probably doesn't even care that the Cowboys went 12 and five. He cares that they lost the first playoff game against the Green Bay Packers who are not even supposed to do anything. Like teams will <laughs> like teams complain that real grass costs too much and then they'll go and spend like more millions of dollars on stuff that doesn't really like help them. Yeah. But they're not spending the millions of dollars to keep players on the field I, and healthy. I like the owners that will are involved in like the team aspect. Like the the San Francisco 49er owner. John Lynch. No, he's the GM. John Lynch is the GM. Uh, it's like this Chad guy, but he's like down at in on the sideline in the team meetings like all the time, and he's like he's formed a relationship with the with the players. Like it's like an actual relationship to where like the players know this. He's guy. like their dad, not it's their like, boss. It's like it doesn't even seem like this is the owner of the team. The owner of like the entire franchise is giving them a pep talk before the game. D- does Jerry Jones do that? 
Jerry Jones complains. That's all he like, does. Like when I watch when I watch a broadcast, like because th- don't get me wrong, I'm gambling a lot. Like I'm I'm gambling a lot, and when I watch a broadcast and I'm watching the Cowboys, I'm watching Jerry Jones reacting, and he's he's turning around in his chair like crying because he doesn't like what because Dak Prescott can't fucking play a football game in the playoffs. Like that's that's what I see Jerry Jones doing. I don't see him down with the with the fucking the players you know like the the 49ers owner i i saw like just like inter- him interviewing people and i'm like oh, i didn't know owners do that like like or, or arthur smith even the the falcons owner head coach ex-head coach well who was the no there was an who's the falcons owner i don't know arthur smith was the head coach who just like <sighs> I didn't thought they utilize were, hold on decent hold on. player he had hold on they fired him Thankfully, get that dude out of here. He didn't know how to coach. Arthur. Sorry, Cody. Okay, okay. Hold on. Falcons owner. Arthur Blank. Sorry, I got that mixed up. Okay, Arthur Blank. Like, I get it was the Super Bowl. Did do you remember like what happened? Like uh so the Falcons were up twenty eight to three in yep. the third quarter. Arthur yep. Arthur Blank went down the sidelines from his suite. So his last name's actually Blank. You're not just like no, his last name's Arthur Blank. Okay. So I, I got that mixed up because the the Arthur Smith got fired, didn't he? Yeah. Okay, well okay, so Dan it was Arthur got hired in his place. Right. So Arthur Smith was the previous head coach, but Arthur Blank it was is the Falcons owner. And what he did was he went down to the, the sideline, um, like when the Falcons were up in the Super Bowl and he was like cheering him on and like jinxed it. He thought like he's like, well, I'm never doing that again. I'm never getting around with my players. So, you, do you feel like owners of NFL teams don't try to get into it with their players because they don't want to create relationships with them? Or well, it's like, like it's like, like I know in, it's a business, but like at the same time, yeah. like you love your team, right? But like if you own an NFL team, you've yeah. seen Moneyball, right? I've seen Moneyball. It's like in it's that one. Movie. It's like in that one scene when Billy Bean. Um, and he had his new well, right. I know. Like and he, he doesn't like, want to watch. I don't go on trips with the guys. I don't go on planes. I don't create relationships. And then his, uh, his like mentor essentially he had is like why? So it makes it easier to fire. And he's like, yeah. He doesn't make those relationships because it's a business. <laughs> it was you got to get rid of them when. Well, who's you the actor? To. Who's the other guy? Is Jonah right? Jonah. Yep. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is the other actor. Yep. Remember he appointed him as GM. Or as the assistant GM, yeah, he's like go fire this guy. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, "Why do I want to fire somebody?" I don't. He's like, "Go in there." Like when I remember <laughs> when they were role playing and earlier in the movie, and he's like, "Why are we doing this, man? I'm never gonna have to need to do this." And then, <laughs> then like he, 20 <laughs> minutes later, he has to go in and fire. And, and he's like, "Let him go." He's just, he's just straight, just straight up tell him, just like, "Appreciate your service. Here you go." Carlos, you've been traded to the Tigers. This is Jay Palmer's number. He's the traveling secretary for the team. He's expecting your call. Take care of everything. Okay. I personally like the the coaches, the GMs, the owners. I'll pull that. that are, I'll pull that feed up. I'll pull that. I'll pull that video clip up. That are like that. truly invested in their team, and it doesn't feel like they're just in it for the money. You know, 
I do like those owners. Because I remember like the whole Oakland A's thing. What horrible owner. The fans wanted him to sell the team. Everyone wants him to sell the team because he's in it for the money and because he doesn't really invest, it seems like, in the team to get better and whatnot. But I, I like the invested owners because feels like they actually like what they're doing. They're not just in it to make more millions and billions from the fans who It is. Like I uh, who's a who's a Bears owner? I mean, she's like an old Oh, she's in like in her 90s, yeah. Right. But she's like pretty much not even the owner at this point. She's appointed someone else, mm-hmm. like I think a family member to pretty much run the team even though yeah. she technically owns it. Like, yeah. She knows she's not going to be around for much longer, so she yeah. wants the team, but I feel like do you think having a good owner equivalents to a good team? Because, like, the Bears owner... To an extent. The Bears owner, like, she's old, right? But she's not really involved. She's, like... Like, do you think like, someone who's just, like, a financial mon- mongol who just has the fucking money and doesn't really give a shit about their team? Because I know there's owners out there that are like that. Do you think their team is always bad? Or do you think, like, that doesn't matter? you think it's up to the coaches and players? Do you think, like, a f- that that factor of the upper like, admin part... Of the of the franchise of the franchise does that affect how a team plays? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you need a good owner to hire the right people to assign the right coaches and managers and help out with that. But at the end of the day, just keep playing. Just keep playing it. I'm just trying to get through it. Tony told me to. I had to take a test for you. I got. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. But uh, but at the end of the day, I think the biggest influence just comes from the coaching staff. You could have a horrible owner, a bad GM, but as long as you got that great head coach with a good mentality like um, Dan Campbell, you could have a horrible owner, but when you have a head coach like Dan Campbell who creates this like atmosphere and the players and like everyone's united yeah. together, I think a head coach is your biggest influence on, of a team. Why do you feel like first-time coaches always are more successful? Like, I feel like coaches in their first year are so much successful, like, more successful than they are ever, like, at any point in time. Like, I feel like every single coach that has Coach of the Year awards falls off in their second year. Like, I, I like the Bengals coach, Zach Taylor. Yeah. He was amazing. Led him to the Super Bowl, right? And then the next year, it's like, yeah, you get some players that get hurt, right, and stuff. But like at the same time, he's like, he doesn't even seem like a good coach. He's yelling at his players for 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 stuff. And, and I think maybe like, I don't know. It's hard to like speculate, and make judgments when you're not in it. But maybe it's like some of it is like you're new, you're hyped, you're more like in the team, inversed with the environment, and. You're there for a few years, and you almost take it for granted. Maybe you back off certain stuff. You aren't as invested, it might seem, um, to the outside people. Maybe you're not creating those relationships because you're there every day. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of hard to judge, but... Okay. I have a I have a thought that I've always thought about the NFL. If you... Like, I always feel like there's role players, and then there's, like, the star players, right? If you gave role players the same amount of time you did as a star player, would they come a star player? Like every time, like I feel like every time. Well, think see, of Adam Thielen. Well, I know, but it's, it's like for those guys on the practice squad, I know they don't get their chance until yeah. they prove Injuries. their chance. But like at the same time, if you gave them the chance to just a random practice player and you put them on the starting position, 
Do you think a lot of people would ball out, or do you think a lot of people would be bad? Do you think like I prime like, example? Think of Brock Purdy. I know, but last I, pick in the draft, I know. third overall, like third on the depth. Chart I know, but it's just like I Jimmy Garoppolo gets that. traded, Trey Lance gets hurt. He's the next guy. I up. always think about that though. For no, every, yeah, every no one's gonna, player. no one's gonna expect your third pick, Mister Irrelevant, to be good. You gave him a chance, and he balled out. I get it. He's on a really good team. Yeah, you put him on the like the Patriots, their offense, he's not going to be as good, no doubt about it. The 49ers offense, having CMC and Debo and Kittle and all these people certainly helps his case. Right. But at the end of the day, there's so many of those like hidden gems out there. I'm just feeling Take like... Adam Thielen. Dude was a special teamer for years. I remember <sighs> watching the game when he blocked a punt, recovered it, and scored at TCF. Right. And they gave him a few plays on offense as wide receiver over the years. And, I mean, look, at he was like our number two debatably almost our number one receiver was Stephon Diggs for years because he's just he got that chance he proved that he could get it and he look at him now I just just, so many hidden gems out there that don't get their chance I just feel like every time that you see a star player gets hurt they have a backup role person and they always do just as good Mm -hmm. or like to an extent I mean yeah maybe not as great maybe he's an older player whatever but like you throw in a like a young player in like uh who's the uh the like the Vikings third string running back because Cam Ty Aiken, Chandler Ty Chandler dude that guy is a fucking beast like if Ty Chandler got the same like repage as Dalvin Cook he could be just as good I'm not saying Ty Chandler is Dalvin Cook like prime Dalvin Cook right his size is just but the I'm only just thing saying I'm just saying like if D- he, Ty Chandler got the opportunity that the same opportunity that Dalvin Cook had be, as both like number ones if they got fifty percent reps each. Do you think that Ty Chandler has a chance to do as good as Dalvin Cook or just as good in the National Football League as a professional player? I feel like it is yes because though you, these backup players don't get their chance. They like never get their chance unless someone gets hurt. That's just how the football leagues work. Like I know they they're repping in practice and like coaches see what they think and know, but like you don't know until you put them in the game and all yeah. of a sudden like that's how like Puka Nakua. How did he show up? Like obviously someone got hurt, right? Uh, it was uh, Cooper. Cooper Cup got hurt and then. Puka Nakua, they dropped him in the fifth round for a reason, right? They don't think he's going to be that good, right? And then, Kyron Williams, he, Cam damn. Akers was a starter. He get, keeps getting hurt, so they throw Kyron. But in there. if you now put Kyron Williams with Cam Akers in the same rep, same reps, uh, you know, fifty percent, fifty percent split it. Do you think both of those players they would be Ky- Kyron would be better or just as good as Cam Akers? You know, it's just like yeah. you don't you don't know. It's crazy, and I always think about the fact that like there are so many players out there who are probably better than fucking Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Like, like, literally, there could be like he's kind of a glorified. I think like he, I'm not. Yeah, he's it, good, and it but also he gets targeted to the team so much. as well. Like, how does a team use the tight end? Like, Cole Komet is a different tight end than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. By the way, the Bears use him. Mm-hmm. Or uh, I mean, look at TJ Hawkins. TJ Hawkinson is a different tight end than Sam Laporton. Well, I mean, kind of, but like at the same time, not really. Like, if you yeah. put a tight end that doesn't use their tight end very much, like, what if that tight end got the chance? What if the, what if a tight end on uh, who doesn't really use their their tight ends that much? Uh, Dolphins. The Dolphins. Mike Kosicki doesn't get used that lot. He's not but even on the Dolphins, I don't think, anymore. He was on the Dolphins. But yeah. just for an example, Mike Kosicki, when he was on the Dolphins, he didn't get used a whole lot, right? Or uh, Yeah, Tyreek. You had Jalen Waddle. You yeah. had Tyreek. You had Jalen Waddle. But yeah. like, like the Dallas Cowboys, they always use their tight end. So like whoever's going to be the tight end of the Dallas Cowboys is going to end up being good in some way. Like Jake Ferguson was some 
God knows who, where he came from. Like, yeah. he wasn't some, like, star-studded guy out of the draft that they knew he was going to be the guy, right? But, like, I feel like because the Cowboys are a tight end type of team, they use them in their offense all the time, they're going to become a star somehow, some way. Like, he gets recognized as a star now because the Cowboys are a good team, and he's a good tight end because they pass to him all the time. You're not going to you're not gonna shine the spotlight on a tight end who never gets the ball, right? Right. Yeah, so, so like, it's like, take, could that person be a star player? Take in, George Kittle, for right. example. Phenomenal blocking tight end. Yeah. And he's a good receiving tight end. Right. If you take Travis Kelsey and you put him in the offense where they need tight ends to block, Travis Kelsey is... I mean, a, well, I he's a, Travis he's Kelsey's a big, pretty good. He's, he's pretty good, yeah, he's I feel good. Like. But he's a big receiver, I think, at the base. He doesn't do much blocking. Yeah. And when he does, it's pretty mediocre. Yeah. So if you put him in a spot where George Kittle is, where you got... CMC, you're going to run it a lot. You need that good blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, yes, he'll still be good in the receiving aspect, but he will be a big burden to the team when it comes to blocking. So when you take like George Kittle, and if you throw him on a team with like the Dolphins that they may, they don't block much for running, he might do a little better in terms of yardage because they they just pass more. Right. I think I also do think this kind of retains to some specific positions only. I do think like the wide receiver position, the running back position, the tight end position, positions that are overly saturated that have plenty of downline, plenty yeah. of depth. Like corner, a, your star corner gets hurt. Like a backup corner, bad. dude, but like a backup corner though is like could be just some random guy and then all of a sudden he gets the same reps and stuff and then boom, Darren Bland comes out <laughs> and he gets like 20 goddamn picks in one season. Like yeah. who the hell is that guy? Because uh what's his name? Diggs got hurt for the Cowboys. So they yeah. got, they, Bland's going to get more reps. Like, obviously, yeah. the number, I think Bland was like, he's either a safety or a corner, right? But he's like, uh, he's a guy that got way more volume because your number one corner goes out, Trevon Diggs. Mm-hmm. So Darren Bland's going to step up. Being a safety or just a defensive back in general, they're going to use him more and more packages. So there you go. He gets more opportunity. But like, let's say Trevon Diggs didn't get hurt what's darren bland to the cowboys then when he doesn't get 10 picks is he that he's gonna, that lifetime bencher he's that lifetime bencher so now it's just like yep. how many of those guys are on all these teams that like if they got the opportunity they would be a star and it's even like the fact of i mean i'll take wide receiver and the dolphins for example they have a great wide receiver core and waddle and hill and if you have like your third string their third string braxton burrios Barrios or whatever. Yeah. If you take him, because he's got two studs ahead of him, he's not going to get much playing time. But if you take him and you maybe they put him on the Falcons, where their number one guy is Drake London, he's young, he hasn't really proved himself, and now he becomes that two, possibly that one. He just doesn't get that starting opportunity because of how good the people are ahead of him. And then you don't know he'll how be good a, he could easily be a one right. on another team. Correct. Like, you know, you give. Uh... It, it, it's happened so many times where, like, you have, like, a second-string wide receiver mm-hmm. go to a team that needs a receiver. They become the number one guy, and then all of a sudden, they're this crazy star. It's it's happened so many times. I mean, that was what we were hoping when Alexander Madison, when yeah. Dalvin Cook got hurt, Alexander Madison looked like an absolute beast. And then he gave the starting position, and I don't know, wheels fell off somewhere. Maybe he took it from Grant a little bit and didn't really work as hard trying to, you know— and, and that's I think the thing. That's I don't think it. it's going to happen every time. I don't think it's going to happen where like oh, someone's no. going to jump into the yeah. position to be like that star. Like, but like, there's a chance. There's a chance. There's a chance out yeah. there. Ty Chandler, dude. I think if we use Ty Chandler as our number one back, 
all the time, he would be pretty good. I think I obviously the Vikings line is meh. It's it's okay. It's it's, it's, hit it's or gotten miss. better. It's, it's gotten better, but immaculate some like, games and garbage. Chandler the next. looks like a hard running running back. Yeah. So it's like, my gosh, dude. Like, I like the swiftness. All, all these with him. people, like DeAndre Swift, dude. He like fell off on the Lions, but got traded because they didn't think he had any potential. DeAndre Swift's all the goddamn Eagles had for like the last like six goddamn weeks because Jalen Hurts doesn't know how to fucking pass a football because he just forgot. He, I'm going to tush push every time I got the one. By the way, that's that's horrible for the NFL. They're getting rid of that as presumed. They're getting rid of the tush push. They're not? I like it. Are you it. kidding me? I like well, it. I know, but like at the same time, like if only one team can pull it off that well, for, that efficiently. For, for entertainment purposes, though, it's it's boring. Yeah, it's boring to me. Like I, I want to see a goal line stand that's not the tush push. Like I, that. I get why they want to get rid of it. Let, let's but I, up. I'm for it. When you have only, really, only the one team that can perform it that consistently, that well, and just absolute dominate it, I don't see why essentially that one team should be punished for it. Because if you're doing the tush push with. Kirk Cousins and Joe Burrow, it's not going to go okay, as well. Well, they they said they're just reviewing it as of now. They're reviewing if it's like worth to keep or or not. I guess, but we'll see. I don't know. I feel like it just, it like I get the sneak. I get, but like so okay, I get the sneak. I understand why you, it's the thing. I understand. You it. say outlawing the pushing part, so the two guys that are behind the quarterback you think should become like tight ends or something. I think so. I don't. So you think I no think one a, should be able to touch his back? I think a quarterback sneak is is allowed, but I don't think like it should be to the point where like because they don't know where the ball is under fifteen hundred people. Okay. Okay. As and, much as much as we have the technology and the in all the camera angles and stuff. Yep. There's times where like the reps are just like. What the fuck am I going to put the spot of the ball? Because, like, there's no way. And I know there's forward progress, and I know mm-hmm. there's, like, okay, to the point where the end plays end. But at the same time, when Jalen Hurts is buried under a fuck ton of players, you don't know what the hell yeah. where the ball is. I mean, it's just, like, I, I think there has to be, like, a remedy to, like, or a, a just a, an add to, okay, yeah, we you can have – only maybe one person push him, like. But at the same time, it's like only the running back, maybe something but, like yeah. that. But I understand the tush push. I think it's it's kind of bad, but at the same time, it's a it's a it's a play. It's a play that's been allowed for a long time. So it's like, sure. Am I annoyed that the Eagles use it on fourth and goal on the one every single time? Yes, or literally like maybe not. Gonna, if you had fantasy. Jaylen they're hurts, gonna though. they're gonna go for it because they know they can get away with the tush push every single time and teams can't do it. I guess it's fair because they're so good at it. Like I've seen teams stopped it before they stopped Jalen. Hurts yeah. The Buccaneers, the Jalen just grab Hurts his head and yank over. it to the side. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, is it fun for the fans? Like insert that video in there. He's got the bad finger. Don't forget about that. Pushed from behind. And he didn't get it. KJ Britt came in to help and a stop. For the bucket. So the penalty on the extra point try gives the Eagles a chance from the one. And like, okay, whatever. <laughs> Is it fun for the fans to see a tush push for literally like I remember I think it was the, the Giants game on a Thursday night, like prime prime Amazon Prime video game. It was literally Jalen Hurts got tush pushed in the end zone three times and the Giants won like like 28 to like the Eagles one or that. Yeah. The Eagles won 
I think actually the Giants came back in that game, kind of made it an interesting game. Was that the DeVito game? It was the DeVito game, but at the same time, all the Eagles did was like tush push for a touchdown like three times. I swear to God, it was just like good for good for Jalen Hurts fantasy owners and for whoever gambled on any time touchdown. But okay, but to go <laughs> to go against that though, years ago, you know, you're ten years ago, Tom Brady. Tom Brady and the QB sneak was about un- as unstoppable as the Jalen Hurts tush push. Yeah. Now, we'll say maybe Jalen Hurts gets three, four yards every time, but Tom Brady got his guaranteed two yards. And during that whole time, now I hate, I don't like Tom Brady just because of how good he was. I like an underdog. I like Tom Brady. I, I, I like don't have story. anything against Tom Brady. Tom Brady. I like, hate how good he was. Brock purdy is the new like story of tom brady in a sense yeah because it's like the way late draft picks who the hell are you and i like the fact that tom brady went up to robert Kraft and be like hi i'm tom brady i'm the best decision you've ever made and actually made before it even started that's crazy yeah that's crazy but But, like with that yeah that was like the most effective play when tom brady would line up for the qb sneak he's getting that first down he's getting that touchdown but then it got banned no it didn't you didn't get banned it's QB sneak is still a thing. Well, they no, never talked the, about it. They never the, uh, reviewed no, it. What was the thing that got banned? The there was some sort of like the tuck rule. The tuck rule. That's yeah, what it was. That's sorry. The, yeah, that's how I got confused about the tuck yeah. rule. Got but banned, like no. the Tom Brady QB sneak. You never heard anyone complaining about it. Then they didn't say it. I know. But don't I get the whole? I think it's just the because push push is a rugby play. That's where their argument comes I, from, and I get that. I just think. It's because but, yeah. I'm a hater of the Philadelphia Eagles and because they do it so well that I don't like the tush push. I'm not saying the tush push should be banned like forever or whatever it is, but I just feel Some like... Some adjustments I think adjustments made. could be needed, and I do think that it, for the game, for the for the fun aspect of the fans, um, it should be, it should be like, it's, it's boring. I don't want to see a tush push every fourth and goal or, or every time on the one. Like I want some like play action pass. I want some like I want the defense to be able to stop something. Like I want to see something cool. I don't want to see, see a body of stand. I want to see a body of like players every single time. And I know that Jalen Hurts got the touchdown because he does that every single time. Yeah, you know? it's just kind of annoying. So from a fan point of view, I think it's a little bit boring. It's a little bit bland if you do that every time. But I get it's a business. You have to you have to remember as a fan. You got to do NFL, what's in your best interest. The NFL to win. is a business. They are trying to make money and try to win games and win championships. So they're gonna do what the hell is gonna make them win the game. And if that's tush push every time on the one, so be it. But I'm a little bit of a hater just because they do it so well against any team, and it's a little bit annoying to watch. But moving on along that, uh, let's compare Patrick Mahomes right now to Tom Brady. What do you think? Like, do you think oh, Patrick boy. Mahomes has Passing the ability? To to win or be just as good as Tom Brady, why or why not? Why or why not? I will say the one thing always going against Patrick Mahomes, no matter if he wins twelve Super Bowls, is Tom Brady beat him in the one that they played. Yeah, I do. I do like that the is, fact that that Patrick Mahomes like track record. He's only been beaten by two quarterbacks ever in the playoffs, and it's Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. Yeah. So that Tom Brady win. That will any Tom Brady lover that will be their go-to argument. It will be their go-to argument, and that's a fair argument. But it is. does it make the like? Okay, the Chiefs are a super team, though. Were the Patriots a super team when Tom Brady stepped in? To, no. Uh, the fact that he, he won in the first year, right? Two thousand one was it? Tom. Tom. I'm not sure. I can't. Uh, let me look. I My think, memory I'm that far sure, back. So I wasn't born. I've yet. seen a lot of Tom Brady winning. 
But see, Super the thing Bowl is, is like first year. Tom Brady. If you ask me to name receivers he threw to, okay, sorry. you got Gronk, you got Edelman, and you got Moss for what a year? Yeah. Other than that, okay, he had a whole lot of nobody. He made the people around him good. Yeah. We but, just had this conversation going, with Tyler. That's going with Mahomes as well. He had Tyreek Hill, goat. I mean, not well, go, but really good. He, he had Travis Kelsey, good too. very good. good. Okay, but he's still good with Tua, so he stays good. But other than that, I mean, who has Mahomes had so far? He's had a bunch of, like, nobodies. You put them on any other team, they're not going to be a second rounder or yeah. a second string even. So it's a little bit to the same that Tom Brady had is his receivers, his offense behind him really isn't that good. It Everything funnels through him. He doesn't have a good running back until Pacheco. Pacheco's done very good. Tom Brady never really had that star running back either. So I think they're very similar in that sense because both of them also had really good defenses to go with them. So I, I looked it up, and Tom Brady won his uh, Super Bowl the second year he was quarterback. So Drew Bledsoe got hurt, and then Tom Brady started playing really good, and they're like, all right, we're going to go with Tom Brady now. And that's similar to the Alex Smith story. Kind of, yeah. It's pretty similar. Um, and then... Uh, going back to this, I thought this is crazy. Uh, did you know that Tom Brady got traded as a broadcaster? To yeah, and you told me about that. Yeah, the, the Fox CBS. But thing. for the people who don't know, Tom Brady signed a lucrative deal with uh, uh Fox, and uh, he made it was a three hundred and seventy-five million dollar sports deal with Fox Sports. And crazy. basically Tom Brady is like, and this is over 10 years. So that's, that's a good chunk of change. That's like a good chunk of change for a, an analyst because he's going to be an more. I don't know. Is that more than he made in his career? Pretty crazy. That might've been more than um, his career. I don't know. But basically Tom, Tom Brady is like for my first year of broadcasting, which would be this next year. So 2024, 2025, not this year, obviously, but for the next year, he signed that deal with Fox. Well, Tom Brady was like, I'm known for being in the Super Bowl. I want to announce the Super Bowl my first year as an analyst. Well, Fox, if you guys don't know, the, the Super Bowl has a rotation between the the big... Uh, NBC, NBC, CBS, Fox. CBS, Fox. Yep. So they rotate every every year for the Super Bowl. So Fox actually doesn't have the Super Bowl the, uh, next year. It's it's uh, uh, CBS, I think. CBS has it this year. Or uh, it'll be NBC NBC year. has it. So they basically traded... Uh, Tom Brady to NBC for uh, Chris Collinsworth. And then basically Chris Collinsworth is going to be going with whoever is going with Tom Brady. Mike Tirico. Mike Tirico. So it's going to be Chris Collinsworth. Or no, Tom Brady's going with Mike Tirico. Yeah. So it's going to be Tom Brady and Mike Tirico on Sunday Night Football for Fo- or for uh, NBC. And... Is it going to be Kirk Herbstreet? It's going to be Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Collinsworth. And no, because Kirk Herbstreet was uh, the color guy for that one. I don't know the exact the lineups. I'm trying to. I so, don't know the exact. So lineups. your prime times, you got Collinsworth and Tarico, you got um, Aikman and Buck, and then you have Herbstreet and I can't remember who the other guy is for that one. Yeah. Oh, if we don't resign JJ. <laughs> Uh, if we don't sign JJ, I mean, I don't know. We're gonna get a bunch of first round draft picks, baby. Oh, <laughs> you know what we want to get talk about? What's the What are we talking about here? Baseball not having a salary cap. 
<laughs> if you think baseball should implement a st- I mean, after this season, if you were a we want a salary cap on, in baseball. Let's get the list out, guys. After you this offseason, you are fuming at watching what the Dodgers are doing right now. I mean, that just makes me root for the Orioles, like A's, which, sorry, they're All right. be bad for a while. Let's- All these small market teams. I love an underdog, but... The Dodgers, the Yankees, they have too much money to not have a salary cap. It's an unfair game. Um, the last dog at the bowl. Okay, hold on. What have the Dodgers done this year? They've signed well, Shohei. Right. They signed Tyler Glasnow. They signed Yamamoto. They signed... Um, Teoscar Hernandez, and they just re-signed Clayton Kershaw. They've spent $1.1 billion this offseason alone. They still got Freddie Freeman they got last year. They got Mookie Betts from the Reds. If you got the money, you can spend it, but at the same time, it's just like, well, I think some teams should have a little bit of a this needs to stop type of thing. But at the same time, they pay the luxury tax. They pay the tax. The, the owner's just that rich through. He can do whatever they well they want. Yeah. And they have just made it to the fact that it, they are still below their, their lines on the luxury tax deal that they have. They, they plan the contracts. They're not paying Shohei Jack yeah, crap. What, until $2 like, million a year until he's done with his contract. And right. then it's like, what, 40 or 50 a right. year? So they're yeah. trying to find ways to get around it. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, how many superstars do you need on your team? Is it fair to the other teams? But I mean, if they the don't Dodgers, win the World Series, that's just sad. The Dodgers sad. are like, they're wanting to go out and get these people. They're, they've negotiated and the players want to play for the Dodgers because they are the team to go to because they have all the good players and they have a good track record of winning. Maybe not in the playoffs, but they've, they've won games, right? So at the same time, it's just like, okay, the players have also agreed. That it's not just like the Dodgers can bring in whoever they want and they have to sign with them. No, the players have agreed to play for the Dodgers. Yeah. So they know what they're getting into. They know that the Dodgers are like, well, okay, yeah, well, when they're offering them the money. When they're offering the money. And, well, other teams aren't offering money, so who are they going to sign with the Dodgers? Um, I like the point, but at the same time, it's just like the Dodgers have the money and they're going to go and they're going to pay. That's why I like – Rooting for these small. I like. Teams. I like the, the Orioles. I think the salary they have cap drafted. They brought right. them through the farm system. They turned them into good ball players. I don't know. It makes me like them more than these teams that are, go after these already superstar, well developed players. I. I mean, I totally get. It. I like. Part I of like me, the. I like the 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 growing. I do too. Like the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yes, was crazy. That was super cool. From and they did better than the Dodgers, who had. Millions in payroll, like a billion yeah. already. So it's like, um, who doesn't like the underdog story? It's it's a great story for the Diamondbacks. I think they have a great team still. I mean, obviously it's not as good as the Dodgers by far, but it's it's a good young team, and it's it's like the Green Bay Packers. Hate as I much as I hate to say it, the Diamondbacks are the Green Bay Packers of baseball. It's they have a young team. They've proven that they can win with a young coach young team and they're still developing into a team that could be a championship team i don't like the packers no from minnesota obviously but for those of you who do like the packers you got a hell of a team going for you yeah they kind of screwed themselves out of a nicer draft pick by going into the playoffs but a team that has a chance to I mean run in the other side of that you saw what Jordan Love can do. Jordan Love. You saw how good he can be. I'd say that's we were talking about that's baseball. Now spots. we're going back into goddamn football. I know. But, but 
But it's a uh, yeah. Going back to the Dodgers situation, I I think the Dodgers, their owner just is goddamn rich. It sucks, and but at the same time. Money isn't everything. It's been proven. The Dodgers have spent – they have done this kind of thing. They've done – no, they haven't done – It's like in basketball. They kept creating those super well, teams. I know, I know, but, like, they have these super teams, but the super teams aren't that super because it comes down to the fundamental process chemistry of baseball of a team. and chemistry of a team and just the ability to play baseball at a high level consistently. And sometimes money all isn't that. You could bring in the best players and they could still – it's like sports gambling. It's like, you know, I'm not even kidding. It's like sports gambling. It's like, you know, these people should win and should do this against a team that they've proven over the point of the time. So, for example, the regular season, LeBron James uh, against the Charlotte Hornets drops 35 points almost consecutively. So if you bet and gamble that he's going to drop 30 points this one time in the postseason against the Charlotte Hornets and he doesn't do it. It's like the Dodgers not winning the playoff game that they needed to win because they proven that they could. And then they don't end up winning the world series. It's the same deal. It's like anything can happen. Like what happens that they signed all these, all these, ex- law. what if they, they signed Shohei Otani, he gets hurt. And let's say Shohei Otani gets ran over by a train on his way to practice or something like, it's like, that could happen. It could happen. You know, it's the same thing. It's like, what if Shohei Otani is not as good? What if they sign Clayton Kershaw back? What if he yeah. is regressing so bad to the fact that he can barely throw his fastball past 92 miles an hour? You know, that's, there's, there's things that factor into baseball and it's, it's, it's a mind game at one too. So like people go into slumps. What happens if the Dodgers main guys that they signed for $500 million go into a slump at during the postseason? That's happened. That's yep. happened so many times. And then the team that has, I mean, look at Freddie last year. Right. Exactly. It's the, the team that has $60 million on payroll that Oakland A's can beat the Dodgers. I had this talk with my dad and it's like, uh, Oh, I'll be talking about what I bet on for the day. I'm like, oh yeah, I bet, I bet that the 49ers beat the goddamn Jets. There's no chance that the Jets are winning. Well, guess what? The Jets won the game. Still got to play the game. You got to play the game. You don't know what's going to happen. So it's the same thing. And I think that's maybe partially the reason why the baseball world. Yes, you're going to get luxury tax, but there's no salary cap because because it's, it has been proven that the fact that the more obviously the more money you spend, the more better players you're going to get. But it ha- there's not a really good track record for teams that spend a shit ton of money. Doing and winning, going into winning the playoffs and right. the World Series back to back to back to back all the time. You know, sure, you have the chances are higher, hundred percent. The Dodgers have a way higher chance than anybody else in the MLB to go to the World Series. They're probably the number one World Series odds because they spent oh, the most sure. money, yeah. right? But when it comes to it, they go into a slump. They they fucking you know they they lose a good player. Maybe the coach isn't coaching right. Whatever can happen, it's interesting. And it, that's that's the crazy thing about sports and baseball is like, okay, who would have known? You could pull a Vikings. I mean, yeah, exactly. We were so good on paper. Kirk gets hurt. JJ gets hurt. TJ Boom. gets hurt. Boom. Exactly. And it's just like, what happens if your players that you just spent a billion yeah. dollars on gets hurt? So I think there's a lot of things that go into it. And I think because there's been no salary cap for the the entirety of the Major League Baseball existence i don't think they're gonna add one i don't i i the luxury tax is a thing that they're gonna add to tax the owners um and the owners who want to play ball and want to put that money into their team are going to do that and the dodgers 
I've done that. And they know that. And I th- also think that there's timing involved. The Dodgers know that they're running out of time for these for this opportunity to win a World Series. I think they know it's that. It's all old players. Right. They've I think got that five, six years, and then and I think, who knows? I think the uh, – and there's a, one thing, too, that, like – if the uh, that I heard online is a rumor that if the Dodgers don't win, you know, in these next couple of years, the owner's just gonna sell the team. He doesn't care. Yeah, the owner doesn't care. He'll make billions. Still. He already makes billions. He's like, whatever, man. I don't want to have to deal with the fact that I gotta pay Shohei Otani forty million in the next ten years after these ten years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like they're trying to time it up to the point where, like, okay, I'm gonna spend all this money on these players right now because I know I had the best chance and odds where the washington nationals aren't going to spend 500 million dollars on one player for what because they have all these new young rookies that they traded for so they're not going to spend that money you know the dodgers know that they got freddie freeman who's pretty old he's still got a maybe a couple years left in him to where he could play to the best ability maybe become a dh uh you know you know, rookie season-wise, Freddie Freeman's only a year older than Mike Trout. Yeah, that's crazy. But, like, you know, maybe Freddie Freeman just becomes a designated hitter. He doesn't play first base anymore. Maybe that adds, like, it's, uh, what was his name? That Nelson Cruz. The guy's, like, 46. Dog. Dog. He was, like, 46. He's like He was, like, 43 when the Twins signed him or something like that. Bomba right? squad, pretty 40 home runs. But it's like that. Nelson Cruz can't fucking run. He's, he's like, literally, like, my dad sitting on the couch. Hit it high and watch it fly. Bro can hit the ball. He can run the base path. That's all he needs. To, he, he like that's all he needs to do, right? Freddie Freeman can do the same thing. But once once the player's ability runs out, these people retire. The Dodgers are gonna have to infuse a youth group, and then they're gonna have to pay Shohei Shohei's contract out and all these other people. And they're gonna run out of time to where like their team's not gonna be branded as good as the Dodgers that we know right now. They're gonna be as like, oh, the Dodgers are pretty shitty right now. Now that there's another team that's gonna be good. The downfall of the Dodgers right. and the Yankees, I will sell. So I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a time. And the Yankees haven't really done a whole lot. To They're be a lot honest. of old heads too. They haven't had done a whole lot. Yeah, they signed. They got Juan Soto, but at the same time, like, when's the last time the Yankees won the? Yeah, World we didn't Series? put the sign on. No, we don't care. We're just we're, hey, we're just experimenting right now, Tony. Just uh, just uh, gotta get a feel for it, but that's the power of editing, you know. But at the same time, when's the last time the Yankees won the World Series? No, it hasn't been for a whole lot. Like it hasn't been like what, consecutively early two thousand, right? So you don't know when. Two thousand one. Two thousand one, right? So the Yankees are kind of in the dawn period. You know, they're trying to figure it out. It's not it's glorious, and and they knew they knew that the timing was right. Like they knew, like okay, I'm gonna go grab these players now because I think the timing is right. Right. So it's like you don't know when it's going to fall off, but at some point they know it's going to fall off and they're going to go at it right now. You're going to go all in. Like if you know, like the timing is right to do something, you're going to go all in because this might be your only opportunity. And in the sports world, well, yeah, look at the Rams. They gave up first round picks for the next seven years to win that one Super Bowl. And what did they do? They won the Super Bowl and they got their dream and then they still yeah. are rebuilding now. But at the same time, they went all in for it and they got it. Yeah. So they knew they they knew that the, the potential the window of that was closing. Team, so they went for it. They knew that literally all they needed was the quarterback. Right. They had the offensive weapons and they were just like, OK, Jared Goff at the time. He wasn't that great. I'm not going to lie. Jared Goff developed into the superstar he is right now. Jared Goff is a great quarterback. He obviously, he plays for the Lions. The Lions have done jack shit for the last, like, couple years. He had a few years of, like, eh, he's okay, but the Lions team wasn't great around him, so it wasn't helping mm-hmm. him out. But now it's just, like, you added all these people, and the Lions won. I think the Lions won the trade, in my opinion. 
to an extent because they'll be a lot better in the long because run. they got a shit ton of draft picks. They got drafted a crap ton of great rookies. They also now. drafted great, which exactly yeah. And now they're just like this team that has the ability to go on and you know win consecutively, and now are a threat for next year. Even though they lost to um, the 49ers, they're still a great team. You know, it's it's a process of elimination in the playoffs, right? The best team wins at that certain point. That doesn't mean that the Lions are gonna be horrible or the Lions are. It, it, I honestly don't even think like sometimes that uh, the team who wins is the better team. I mean, take it like I'm not even year, kidding. Like the Packers aren't the better team. If you if you go on paper and see that the 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 Cowboys and you compare the rosters and you're like the Cowboys track record twelve and five and the the Packers yeah. what a, what did the Pack, or Packers finish with like ten and seven or something like that? I don't even know if they got double digits. Whatever, but you know, like okay, well the track record is like the Cowboys should win this game. They're the better team on paper. The for the Packers won, so does that make them the better team? Not necessarily. They just won the game, and that's just how it works. So. Um, just going back to the whole salary cap thing on the MLB, it's the same same deal. Does that mean they're the better team for now? Not necessarily. Like if if the diamond like shit's gonna happen. It's I mean, sports. you take the Diamondback and the Dodgers. If yeah. you give me a sheet of paper, I'm taking that Dodgers team over. Taking the, the Dodgers one hundred and ten percent, but did how like who would have thought that the Diamondbacks would three oh like did they four sweep them? Uh, four one or one. They they stu- were close to sweeping them. They won three games in a row. I know that for a fact. They yeah. won three games in a row, and the Dodgers fans were shitting themselves because they're just like, "There's no way these guys are the better team." It's how they played during that time. It's how they played during that time. So that's why I don't think there's going to be a salary cap. Um, and one because it's it's a dangerous thing to assign a lot of people for a lot of money for a long time because you never know what's going to happen. It's yep. a dangerous game. It could backfire. For all we know, who knows what this uh, guy from Japan's going to do. He never played, pitched in the majors. Never yeah. pitched in the majors. Who fucking knows? Maybe the shit in the majors is way different, or maybe it's easier. So it could pay off. I don't know. To be fair, Japan did beat the U.S. in the classics. It is, so. Yeah, it's, that's fair. But, Might be easier for him. But it, it could pay off, and it could just backfire. So you just you don't really know until you until you see it. And, and it's, it's a gambling just, business. It's, it's crazy. And and I love the underdog story. The underdog stories are the best. By far, the Twins, we, we went to the Twins game. It was just awesome because we knew there's no chance the Twins are going to beat the Astros. And honestly, I'm not even going to lie, they had the chance to. They had the chance to. We were there at the games, and we saw like there was a couple few mistakes in some of the games that costed them. But at yeah. the same time, it's like, man, that was awesome, dude. No one expected us to win one game. Exactly. And it's just like Let on paper, on paper the are the Twins were. better than the Astros? Hell no. no. Hell no. But they could beat them still. They could beat them. It's it's the game. It's that's why you game. play Any, the games. Anything can happen, dude. Yeah. So, I yeah, that's that's my reasoning for why I don't ever think there's going to be a cap, um, a salary cap, and I get it for maybe football standards and other stuff. But like for for baseball, the salary cap is just like I don't know, man. It's just it's it's there's it's a long game. I think the football the reason there's a football salary cap is because there's so few games. Baseball is a long goddamn time. Hundred and some marathon. 162 games is a long period of time where anything can happen. Any player can get hurt. You know, when you're signing, when you're signing millions of, and uh, tons and tons of contracts in football and big contracts, and you're just signing whoever the hell you want. I mean, they, like, you're guaranteed that team's gonna be good. Like they, like they're literally gonna be good forever because like they play 16, ga- 17 games, right? Unless you got that ACL. Like in that seven, comes in. Yeah, in, in like seventeen games, like. If you sign the, all the best players onto one team, they're probably going to win 15 of them for sure. Like, it's just like, that's just the, the facts. Like, there's no way they're not winning. Like, you put 
Tom Brady, prime Tom Brady, and all the prime pl- all the prime players on one team for and because they had they can pay whoever the hell they want like one team. The 49ers can they have unlimited money. Let's just say hypothetically they have unlimited money. They sign whoever the hell they want for as much long whatever. Everybody's gonna go to the 49ers and play for them because they are gonna get the most money and they can play the sport they love. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. You would get a few, but most people are are in it for the money, right? They want to be successful. They want to have a financial. They want to play the game they love and have a shit ton of money. That's what players want, right? And they want to win championships. They're going to go to the team that's going to pay them the most most of the time. That's on a good team. They're not and there's some cases where like yeah, a shitty team might offer the same amount, but they're not going to go to the team and they're going to go for the high, right. the better team for less money. But right. it could be the opposite. The player only wants money. Maybe he's won a few championships before. He's going to go to the shittier team because they're going to pay him 50 fucking million dollars more than the other team because they don't have the cap. So that's where I think, especially when players get older, that's they've where got think, the money. They just want the rings, right? I think that's why you know the NFL and the NHL have some salary cap because they they play a little more, less games, and also it's like they have hockey and basketball have caps, right? Yes. Yeah. Hockey and basketball have caps. I just think all these all these games, hockey is only eighty two, basketball is only sixty. 82. 82 as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like they play less games, but at the same time, it's just like if you put all these great players on one team, like they're going to dominate in that shorter period of time where in baseball, dude, yep. like the Dodgers, yeah, they won 100 games, but they're that's 60 games. Like literally 60 games. If you lose 60 games, you're you're a superstar team. If you lose 60 games in the NBA, you're a shitter team, you know? But that's the difference. That's the difference is there's so much more games in the in the MLB that it just, like, it comes down to, like, players getting hurt, like, people stepping up. You know how many players get hurt in, in, in all these games? So much. Like, the injury, like, I know, like, sports medicine and shit is getting better. But, like, injuries to all these players that are that are happening at the level and the consistency that that is happening is crazy like i like so many people get hurt like how do all these professionals with that that like they don't drink enough water they they like they they have cramps and stuff and they just like like what like what are these guys doing they get paid to literally just perform and they can't perform like it's just like it's crazy to me like how do you how do you leave the game because you have cramps it is a demanding, and, and you're especially and, in baseball. You're I know, but like so in your, so you're a professional player. But I'm talking about these football players. I'm like, yeah. how do you play in the NFL and leave the game because you literally just like you're cramping so much because you don't drink, you don't hydrate, you don't take care of your body? Like, isn't that the whole point of you playing football? Is like you're a superstar and you you're literally invincible because like your body's crazy and like you have the ability to perform all these like crazy maneuvers like super well better than anybody else and people are gonna pay you for that to per- to perform and they don't do that and it's just like what <laughs> I don't understand the like I don't understand it at all I mean it's just I, I can't believe the amount of injuries that that I've seen because. You know me, I watch a lot of sports because I'm kind of fucking addicted to gambling a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm not bad. It's not bad. It's not like thousands. You've gotten better. I've gotten ba- I haven't I haven't placed a bet on in a sports game in like three weeks. So I'm t- I'll tell you that. To be fair, there's not a whole lot to bet on at the moment. It's not a whole lot to bet on. But basketball, hockey, there's a lot to bet on. You can break. bet on anything, dude. Like I, I'm not even lying to you. I bet on... Uh, <laughs> I bet... <laughs> Okay, so it's it's prize picks. If you guys don't know, it's just like an over under. There's no like lines or whatever, but prize picks, it's I was betting on Dubai table tennis at like three AM and like CSGO. 
Like I'd wake up like an Indian cricket, right? I, I don't even want to talk about it, man. <laughs> Shit's so I literally I would wake up for like my day and I would know like if I won money, like I'd bet forty dollars on like fucking CSGO in like China or whatever the fuck it was, and like I'd wake up and like I bet forty to for have two guys go over the line, I won like hundred bucks. Just like that. Bam. Like like eighty bucks. Like you put forty and it would double your amount. I'd wake up like hell yeah dude um one time i was betting and sometimes these sports these sports books and like apps mess up and they flip the goalie lines of this one game um so these two goalies got flip-flops so i'm like oh my god i'm gonna bet the over for the the rookie because his line's super low oh yeah that's what it was so the rookie's line was super high because he was gonna get pelted so it was like it was like i'll give a 32 saves is pretty like 33 saves is a lot for a yeah. line projection because the average goalie in a game saves about 26. 28, 28 yeah. to 26 ish times. So I'm like, Holy shit. The rookies thing was like 21 saves or it was like, it was like 25 saves. I'm like, the shit's going over. There's no way he's not getting 25 saves. It was like, it was like the Edmund, it was an Edmonton Oilers game. And the Oilers are like, uh, back when this happened, I think it was like a year or two ago. And, uh, the, the Oilers then were just, they're still good. They got Connor McDavid on it and stuff. And they just pelt the other goalies all the time. So I'm like, there's no way this guy's not getting 25 saves, right? And then and then the guy who like gets like he doesn't get a lot of saves, his line was a little bit uh or the guy who, yeah, that doesn't get a lot of saves, his line was lower. So uh it was like okay, I flip these two goalies. I'm gonna bet I bet $150 the most I ever bet on one bet. And uh I was sweating my balls off because the guy cashed. It cashed. Okay. It cashed. I made. I made four. I made a three hundred dollars. It was the most I ever. Most I ever bet. It's crazy. To this, actually, to this day, I've never placed anything over one hundred fifty bucks. I've been pretty smart. I'm not like a fucking degenerate. Like I am a degenerate gambler, but like at the same time, I'm not like going crazy. Like I know what I can bet and what I can't and when I can lose. You know. So it comes to like down to the third period, and I'm not even kidding you. Like every shot was being blocked, and I needed the rook. The rookie who was supposed to get pelted. The Oilers were sucking dick that game. <laughs> Like, I'm not even kidding. So the rookie, the rookie where I was like, there's no way he's not saving it 25 times, only had like 20 saves, like five minutes left of the third. And I was like, holy shit, I'm not going to win this fucking thing. So I came down and I was at, I was off to eat with my family, dude. And I felt really bad because I was like, just on my phone the whole time. I was like, I was like, no, he blocked the shot again. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. And I'm like swearing and we're at, we're at like Maynard's or something like a decent sit down place like actually having a good time and uh so i uh i i get to the point it's like there's literally a minute left and the guy needs two saves and he literally got the last save in like 30 seconds of the game i was sweating dick dude like <laughs> shit was hilarious and uh I, I didn't tell my dad what i won like right at the way right away and and it was just like dude, i just won 300 like, i just like it wasn't even a sweat <laughs> it's like it was pretty funny but Thank <laughs> you.